Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host, it's your girl Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 201 today, and today's topic is Surviving El Chapo. The continuance continues. <laughs> We're going to uh, recap episode four, five, and six. I hope you guys have been checking out the podcast. Um, it, it's on all streaming services. Um, really, 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 really good. Another episode dropped today, which is episode seven. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will recap that sometime next week. But today we're going to do four, five, and six. As always, you can reach me on Facebook at Alicia Shanice, Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews, email Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, you can DM, you can email me if you have any special recap requests, but that being a movie, TV show, docuseries, um, music album. If you hit me up on either one of those, I'll get back to you within a week and get your recap request out within a week or so. If you have any businesses or brands or anything you're working on, you want me to shout out, all you got to do is hit me up on either three of those platforms and I'll get back to you and I'll get your business brand, whatever you got going on. I'll get that shouted out on the next episode. Um, I love to support who supports me and I love whom loves me. So um, don't forget. I have music playlists all ready for you to listen to on Spotify exclusively. If you type in Shanice Loves, you click on that picture profile, it takes you to all of my playlists. And I have every genre because your girl got some long range music ears. So we about to get into it. We about to dissect this podcast because, you know, it's Curtis Jackson and we support everything 50 Cent over here on this platform. Um, And I love Narcos Talk period. So I am enjoying it. I'm all into it. I can't wait to listen to episode seven later on this evening. Um, and I hope you guys caught up on my first three when I did episode one through three. So let's continue it with four, five, and six. And let's talk surviving El Chapo, the Flores brothers. Let's get into the show. All I need is one mic. So this podcast, as the brothers are talking to Charlie Webster and 50, I swear it goes like a movie. It is so interesting and so intense. And you can really just visualize everything as they are saying it. So episode four opens up and it's titled On the Run. And it's all about the kidnapping of Pedro, Pete, which won't be his first time being kidnapped. But we see the unconditional loyalty, love between him and his twin. We see the kidnappers demanded 300 kilos. And one thing um, about this situation that was so interesting is that when Jay went to his crew and told them either they called the feds to turn in the guy Salel because he he recognized the voice who called and demanded the ransom. And when he went, 
and checked in with this crew uh his reputation basically solidified that was Salel who did everything and who had his brother but he did tell him like look if we do this we go to the feds to get my brother back we all getting indicted but we can pay the 300 keys and make the money back up so they took a vote and it was like they they decided to make the money up and he said that was um a, a lesson learned right there because the ones that were loyal to the end was like let's just get your brother back i don't care what we got to do and those were the ones who took that vote and went that route those were the ones who were loyal to him to this day so while pete was held hostage he said it was like um silence for three days straight which made it even worse because he was steady thinking he could die at any moment he wasn't getting tortured they weren't making him do gruesome things they weren't you know steady steady just torturing him it was just silence and he just said you know it just was constantly thinking like okay I'm gonna die at any moment so we see Jay, he got his brother back they dropped him off in the burbs and Jay sent someone to get him now pete realized this at that moment that this is the price of being the man after the kidnapping we see it did not stop the drug dealing however it did make them move more cautious because this was the first you know intense scenario that they had been through with one of the brothers being kidnapped um charlie webster she asked where they interested in revenge after they got him back and pete said that he wasn't even you know a vengeful person and they didn't consider themselves to be as gangsters but rather businessmen and that's one thing about being in the game that a lot of people just think because you sold a lot of drugs or you did this or that that you just are killers and gangsters but it's a lot of people who just were ran their drug organization like a business they weren't all about killing or you know um extorting they were just businessmen but of course they did it you know the legal route um even when we covered um my mob we did we did the mob series over the summer and we were talking about um the mobster who had um the Gotti family before uh Paul Castellano before John Gotti took it and that's one reason why a lot of them looked at him like he was soft because he ran the Gotti family the Gambino family I'm sorry he ran the Gambino family before Gotti took over um like a business and you know he was running it right he didn't have any trouble until you know of course he was murdered but it, it was a lot of men who were in this business of being in a mob or being in the cartels the cartels are a little more violent than a mob very much more violent than a mob even when you talk about like just drug dealing you have a lot of men who ran it like a business they weren't just out there putting a murder game down and that's what it seems so far like the flores brothers where they weren't even looking for revenge and they knew who kidnapped uh pete they just wanted he just jay just wanted his brother back and get straight back to the business so <clears throat> after that Jay and Val went on to get married and you know the honeymoon was in Mexico where their father was still a fugitive at and his mom and some of his other family they were still over there in Mexico and at this time Val was scared she was she she didn't want Jay to go to prison for the rest of his life and she begged for them to stay in Mexico so Jay ended up agreeing that they would stay there with Pete running the business and the operation in Chicago 
So the brothers were separated then with Jay being in Mexico with Val and Pete, you know, he's still making money, keeping an operation, running smoothly in the shy. So in 2004, there was a pending arrest warrant and an indictment issue. So Pete got all the money together, as much as he could at least, and he headed straight for Texas to go to Mexico. And he was just paranoid, you know, with all of this going on. So now as they're telling the story, this is the first time the brothers have been in the same room in over a decade because, you know, they've been in prison, they've been in WITSAC. So you, as they're telling the story, because they're all in this secluded, they're all in this secluded room. They're not supposed to be around each other. You got the whole um, team in there who's doing the pot. You got Charlie Webster who's interviewing 50. Um, They're not supposed to be around each other, but as they're telling their life story, you can hear the tension (laughs) in the room. Um, So, I imagine that was hard for them, <laughs> you know, um, haven't seen each other in so long and all of this has taken place and how they're living their lives now in witness protection and are not even supposed to be around each other and talking, probably realizing certain mistakes that were made. You could feel the tension, but also the love there as well. They speak very highly of each other. So um, back to the story, Viv, she ended up joining them in Mexico with Pete that's his significant other not so longer after Pete went to Mexico and now both brothers and their spouses they're in Mexico um Viv and uh Pete weren't married yet but they were you know uh a couple they weren't actually married yet but they're all in Mexico with the operation being ran um back home and everything being conducted basically over the phones and they trusted no one. And that's to be expected, you know, you're all the way um, in Mexico and running your operation out of there. And you have people back at home, of course, promotions were made because they weren't there. So they had to promote some men up, put people in charge of this and that and that of the distribution of everything of the houses and Of course, who can you trust? Especially it's like, okay, um, at this time, they're not associated with Chapo or anything. They're still doing their thing. But if anything goes wrong, they can't just go back to Chicago and handle it. You know, it's not that easy. So, of course, their guards were all the way up. So that basically was episode four saying on how they got down to Mexico. Now, episode five was titled The Road to Calicon. And this was all about Pete being kidnapped again in Owen El Chapo. Now, throughout this episode, we see the kidnappers keep asking Pete, do you know El Mayo? Do you know El Chapo? And remember when I did episode one through three, I kept talking about El El Mayo and we talked about him a lot in uh, my Narcos Mexico season three recap. El Mayo is a big deal, a very, very big deal to this day and has not been captured. El El Mayo is still doing his thing. (laughs) Like I know they always talk about the Chapos and everything, but, and I probably go more into it in the next episode when we do seven, but, um, El Mayo has never been captured. Uh, Carol Quintero, who started the Guadalajara cartel, he was just captured. 
Felix Miguel was just released. So I do want to dive off into that, but that's a whole nother story. But remember that name, El Mayo, if you guys aren't all into the cartels and don't know too much about it. But El Mayo and Sin uh, um, the Sinaloa cartel, basically it was him and Chapo running everything, especially after the whole thing went down with the Tijuana cartel and the brothers, the Felix brothers going down. Um, Benjamin. <clears throat> um, so it, it was Benjamin and Raymond. They ran the, uh, the Tijuana cartel, the brothers, the Felix family. So, um, just remember that name, Elmayo. So we see Jay went to work for that 10 million and they had to get it to Chapo. And <clears throat> with the kidnappers repeatedly calling, Jay demanding the ten million dollars, and it was the actual police who kidnapped um Pete, and uh, they said they had the guy who they had been doing business with, who they had kind of looked up to, more like an uncle figure, the Guadalupe Guadalupe dude, and we seen he was straight shysty. So it was a lot of debts to pay out dealing with Guadalupe, and um the, the the kidnappers were calling repeatedly they were calling respectfully and that's one thing um over there in mexico for the cartels a lot of the police work for them even when they kidnapped kiki camarena which was one of the biggest kidnappings um when the de agent got kidnapped and tortured and murdered in 85 the police and the df the dfs kidnapped him so that's not out of the ordinary a lot of the police over in mexico work for the cartels um so we see uh, Jay had to make a lot of negotiations with the connections through the Federation throughout the whole entire Sinaloa Federation. He had to make all type of negotiations to even get somewhere and get any information to see exactly what was going on. So they got him right in the face of the people who had been calling him. And this stemmed from the debt with the with Lupe, um, which was some shady business within itself. And we'll get to Lupe. Um, but he's not knowing what's going on. He's still thinking that Lupe is um, kidnapped with Pete and thinking that, you know, he's still somebody he can trust and somebody who was mentoring him and they were all were doing business together, but they actually had more than Lupe. So at the, <clears throat> at the, <clears throat> sorry. And then we get the intense plane ride, uh, <laughs> with them taking him over there to speak with the man. Um, and it was, that's one thing about the cartels. They don't mind going to war with anyone. So while they're on this intense plane ride, you got people, he looked like, you know, saying seeing an army. So Jay is not used to this, even though he's, you know, a big drug dealer, he's still from Chicago. Even though his father was a big heroin dealer, he's still... And his father was from Mexico. He still had never experienced it. So you can imagine how intense it was. And then he said it was young kids who was flying a plane. And it looked like people in um, from the military was chasing after them. But that is one thing about the cartels. They do not mind going to war with anyone. With that being other cartels. With that being military. With that being police. Whoever. The cartels, they about their shit and they ready for whatever. <laughs> so it was just an intense plane ride as he explained it with young kids flying a plane was a part of the federation um we're looking like the military was after them but it's a lot of people over there in the military who you know work for the cartels as well so then we get introduced to el chapo la queen guzman and 
you know, that was basically um, episode five, just on the road to Calicoon with him just breaking down. Um, uh, it just stemmed from <clears throat> him trying to get his brother back and him trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Like, what the hell is going on? He's thinking Lupe's kidnapped. He's thinking, you know, he's just there. He's in the unknown at this point. So he go meet Del Chapo. And then, you know, of course, he talked about the continuous negotiations to even get to that point of meeting El Chapo, which that will scare the shit out of somebody anyway. So episode six was meeting El Chapo. And we see um, <clears throat> Lupe. He double back the brothers the long way at that. And as he's talking to El Chapo, he's like, you know, I don't owe you no money. You know, I, I, I do this and I do that. And then. It even took a lot of guts for Jay being as young as he was. And he did say that his age always worked to his advantage when dealing with this type of stuff. Cause they would be like, how old are you? You know, he even asked him like your brother, does your brother look like you? So it took a lot of guts for him to even approach Chapo. Chapo is not somebody you can just approach like that. And we see Jay did it like a man. He went to him and he like, you know what? All I want is my brother back. And Chapo, don't play but one thing that made him kind of relate to young jay at that time is his brother had just been murdered in prison so he was like you know i just lost my brother just pay the debt and jay was like i don't mind paying it but i don't owe this money this isn't my debt and one thing that he kept saying is like look you got the money you buying houses over here you're doing this over here you got the money pay the debt get your brother back so jay ended up you know, talking to him. And then he like, look, I can show you the transactions, the dates. I can do this. I can show you this, but this, I don't mind paying the money. It's not about the money. It's just, this isn't my debt. And they got Lupe. So, um, Chapo told him, okay, I take a look at it. So he looked at everything and then we ended up finding out that Lupe is not even kidnapped. Lupe set this all up in motion. So at the same time, they're trusting Lupe. They're going to him more like a mentor, but still, you know how they say, um, the mentor, the mentee passes the mentor. It was kind of like that. They went, he was older, but they were doing more than he was at that time. And he just got the running stuff back in his head as he's thinking, cause he's like, Lupe is kidnapped too. And Chapo was like, no, Lupe is not kidnapped. Lupe, good you know and jay's like running everything back in his head of different comments that lupe made and it's all making sense so even though chapo is kind of believing him he still is like okay that's cool and all but you still owe me 10 million dollars and uh chapo was also pissed of the idea he didn't know it but he's believing jay but he has a long lasting friendship with lupe so he's like pissed at even the idea of him lying to him so he ended up sending jay back with a few of his men and he gives them a recording like look i want you to go have a conversation with um with lupe if you get all this on on recording you bring it back to me i'll take it from there and Jay, of course, he's. They, they said it repeatedly. They were businessmen. They were not gangsters. So of course, Lupe is dangerous. He like he'll kill me. And Chapo told him like, no, you're gonna be fine. I'm sending my guys with you, so you're going to be fine. But you're gonna go. You're gonna take this recording, bring it back, let me hear it, and then I will go from there. 
So they got him back on a plane. He went and approached Lupe. He had Chapo's men with him for protection. And it got very, very, very intense. Very, very intense as Jay is questioning Lupe, telling him he didn't know his dad. And uh, Lupe said he bringing up, you got this, you got you gamble, you got houses, you're buying this, you know. So it was just like some hate and shit, which you see in every business, especially in that game. Um and they got it all on recording. It got intense. Um, we didn't know what, as we're listening, I'm like, I don't know if Lupe about to do this, to do that. It got really intense, but Chapo's men were there to protect him. And at this time, Pete is still back kidnapped. Um, he's not feeling too well. They're steady getting that message back to Jay, like, your brother's not doing too good. He's not eating. And I, he had just gave up at that point. Like, he said that he felt like, you know what, all this money, I've made all this. And, you know, what 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 do I have to prove for? But I, I, I don't even, I'm not married. I've never even gave my love to anyone. I mean, he had Viv, but he hadn't declared, like, his love. That was just running in his mind, never seeing his mother again, his father, his brother. And he like, was it all worth it? You know, his mind is playing tricks on him as he's kidnapped. He hasn't eaten. He's sick. They got him tied up. So of course he's going through it while Jay is out there going to bat for him, trying to do, Jay don't even care about anything. The only thing he wants is his brother back. So that's why I say one thing about these twins, they were loyal to the end. Like their loyalty was to each other. Um, so after the real intense scene with Chapo's man, Jay, Lupe and his crew, and we end up seeing how dirty Lupe was, they take the recording back to Chapo and Chapo is pissed. He is pissed that Lupe lied, but business is business. Okay. You were right. This was all Lupe is doing, but you still owe me $10 million. Pay the money. Get your brother back. That's all Chapo keeps saying to him. It's like, listen, I just lost my brother. I would do anything to pay to, to see my brother again. Hold my brother again. Hug my brother again. Get your brother back. And he's not even doing good. So um, <clears throat> after that, Pete is frustrated. He's pissed, but he still, of course, shows respect to Chapo. And he goes back home. He tells the girls Val, uh, well, they don't tell Viv, but they tells Val what's going on. And they decide it's not a good idea to let Viv even know or their mom. And he gets the um the money, half of it. He was still a little short. But um, and then also it was the thing about the watch with the first guy he met who got him the Chapo. He gave him the watch because he's like, this jewelry is nothing to me. I just want my brother back. And Chapo even got on him. Chapo took a liking into Jay. So when he went back, he was still a little short. But Chapo was he was like, look, get your brother back. Your brother is not doing too good. I tell you what, you give me this, you give me your word. I give your brother back. We're going to business together. After that. <laughs> They let Pete go, and it's very intense as the, as they're telling the story. They get back to each other, and, you know, Pete just looked at terrible because it's it's been a while now. He hasn't eaten anything. He's been in this confined space, tied up, blindfolded, you know, just having all type of things run through his mind to where the point he had got to the point, like, just kill me. Just get it over with. Um. So when they meet up, he's like, hey, 
Metal Chapo. <laughs> and that was the end of it. So I'm going to listen to episode seven. I might wait till next week to get my recap out for that so we can do seven and eight. Because with the, when it's with the podcast, you can't really just go scene for scene like how we do with our TV shows. But I'm telling you, this whole series is so intense. I am loving every minute of it. And it just, um, one thing I like about it is, um, how vulnerable and honest the brothers are like you can tell that they're not lying about anything they're being honest some of the stuff they say is not painting them in the best light they're being honest they're telling their story so I appreciate that and I appreciate how they're not just trying to act like they were just these big badass gangsters they're just saying like how it was like we were in it for the business and they're telling you the other side of the distribution world like we know about the narcos the killings over there everything that goes goes on over there but this is a whole nother side um and then now that they're in, um <clears throat> introducing Chapo and um you can tell they're getting ready to talk more about El Mayo and El Mayo's story is just so interesting to me at that <laughs> um but as they're talking about it, it it's just it's interesting to hear their side of it because normally, like I said, we hear what happened over there in Mexico, but now it's interesting seeing on how the distribution worked on how they were getting it over here in the in the U S and moving everything. And just on even how they got connected and got so close to El Chapo. Cause nobody just gets El close. I mean, nobody just gets that close to the cartels, especially somebody like a Chapo or a Mayo, you know, high up, it just doesn't happen. Um, the federations are ran very different from you know even when you talk about the hustlers over here the gang related stuff the mob it just doesn't work like that within the cartel so i'm enjoying every minute of it uh shout out to 50 cent for bringing that heat you know keeping us content heavy over here um i can't imagine how charlie webster felt while she was interviewing and then just all the tension in the room um, so yes, I'm going to check out episode seven and I'm probably going to combine that with, uh, eight and just do my recap of that. But this is really, really, really good. Um, and it just shows, you know, how Pete just kept getting kidnapped. They always went after the one twin and no matter what Jay did everything he could to protect his brother. So now you see, uh, when Charlie Webster was saying, you know, they go by twin, not twins in plural, but they both go by twin. And as the show goes on, you'll be able to tell the difference between the brothers because there are a difference and you can definitely see it. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I hope you guys are enjoying my recaps and uh, continue to stay on. We'll do seven and eight next week. And then we'll talk about um, a little bit about El Mayo. Um, we'll talk about, uh, Carol Quintero. Cause I want to get off into that. Um, back in July, he was arrested and he had been on the run for a while. Um, they still want him for the murder of Kiki Camarano. That was a, a big case. I covered it. I even covered the documentary on that, the last narc. Um, but they were the ones who basically started the federations um carol quintero and miguel felix and miguel felix did get released around that same time and if you know anything about mexico city you know <laughs> nothing happens by mistake <laughs> so i just found that interesting that um carol quintero was released at the same time miguel felix i mean carol quintero was arrested at the same time miguel um felix was released and el chapo himself kind of came up under carol quintero you know, um, 
And it's a couple interviews that he did while he was on the run where he's talking about Chapo. And then it's an interview of Miguel Felix while he's incarcerated. And he's talking, if you don't know Spanish, it's in Spanish, but they have um, the captions where you can read it. But it's really, really interesting if you're into all of this stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed my recap. I do have a sleeper for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Stay tuned for that sleeper. It's coming up right now. So I am playing my sleeper today. You know what I'm saying? I got to throw a shout out to Joe Button because I get my sleeper. I, the sleeper idea that I do every week, I get it from the pie father, Joey. So shout out to Joe Button, the pie father. But I do want to continue to support uh, Pillmatic, the album by Gully TV. Shout out to Gully TV, Jamil. Um, I support him heavy. So make sure you guys stream his new album. It's on all streaming services. Pillmatic, produced by P.A. Dre, and it is a Gully TV album. And this is called Double Dribble. I hope you guys enjoy it because this whole album is straight fire. Contract. 
cracker practice with your preach and catch a contact. That's why yeah. I be on my name when it goons fight. Dead soldier silhouettes moonwalking under moonlight. You chicks fuck ugly niggas if they shoes nice. I just did a feature for a pair of MF Doom Knights. I made profits off of poems from my poverty. From dice to a monopoly to actually own the property. Acknowledge me, true wisdom is knowing you know nothing, nigga. Socrates was passing pickles like I'm white chocolate. Where ignorance prevails, young niggas fight knowledge. Might have had a different life if I went to the right college. But I'm stubborn like Mike when it come to Isaiah Thomas. My promise and contract pending, no lawyers needed. With words is a bond, if not, somebody for it squeezing. Fresh out of crack house where the floors are squeaking. One of the poor succeeded, and I support the genius. All right, that was that double dribble, and that's off of that Pillmatic. Make sure you guys stream that. Shout out to Gully TV. Shout out to 50 Cent and the whole Green Light crew because I made myself an honorary member. <laughs> and um, if you guys are into that show, Dead to Me, um, season three will be dropping on Netflix tomorrow. So I will be recapping all of that. Um, and Big Sky returns tonight. Uh, does it return tonight? I think it was on a two week break. I think. If it doesn't return tonight, it returns next week. I have to look it up. I want to be for sure. Be for sure. But whenever Big Sky returns, I will be recapping that. I think it's tonight, but I could be wrong. I got to look at it. Um, And then I'm going to do my BMF recap for episode four and five Sunday. Um, If you guys have any recap requests, don't forget you can hit me up and I'll get that recap out. And if you have anything for me to shout out, please don't hesitate. Hit me up. I don't mind. And even if you just want to say what's up, that's cool too. Remember always to protect your energy. Um, life is short. Live it to the fullest. The sky is the limit. And it's okay to put yourself first because you only get one life. And treat people kind. Treat people kind. One nice smile could save someone's day. It's a lot of stuff going on. So I want to say thank you for your support. I love you guys. I just love my dope podcast family. You guys are the dopest. So on that note, it's your girl Shanice. And I'm out. Help you enjoy the show with your girl, Shanice.